Hi, I'm Lou Eisen. Good afternoon. I'm boxing historian and writer and author, and this is Ring Talk. And today we're going to discuss one of the most uh, controversial fights in heavyweight boxing history, at least. Muhammad Ali's third fight, September 28, 1976, at Yankee Stadium. I watched it at Close Circuit on Close Circuit TV here in Toronto at um, at Maple Leaf Gardens, and I, you know, Ali was my hero since I was six. I'm 62 now, and I I, I have to tell you, and I loved Ali. In my mind, he could do no wrong, but I think Norton won the fight. When I watched that fight, I remember looking at my father thinking, Norton won the fight. I mean, he dominated Ali, and Ali said as much years later, but, you know, there's such a wide divergence of opinions when i've watched that fight literally thousands of times at that time in boxing in 1976 ali was big money and just to fight ali from 64 to 76 even if you lost and chances were you were going to lose um it made your career you made a ton of money just from fighting ali and unfortunately for ali uh, um, he had his title and his prime years stolen from him by the federal government, the American government, and the corrupt uh, state commissions, primarily in New York State, and the criminals, the mobsters that ran the the sanctioning bodies. Forrest refused to go into uh, the American army in the 60s and, and go to Vietnam. The real reason they took his title and all that away was because uh, Ali was uh, a black man, and he had changed. He had dared to change his religion to Islam and change his name, and they weren't going to allow that. They wanted their United States, the people that ran boxing, who were overwhelmingly white and criminal, wanted and conservative, wanted to uh, have Ali, like all their other black fighters, be compliant. It wasn't that the fighters wanted to do that; it's that you did that, or you got physically hurt. So even in the 60s. So Ali's the champ to take his title away. He's off for four years and he comes back, has two fights against, one against Oscar Bonavina and the other Corey. Uh, Angelo Dundee wanted him to have three or four more fights, but he had no money. He was destitute and had to, he had to pay off a lot of legal bills. So he takes on Frazier in the first fight, outlands him by a wide margin, but still loses gets knocked down in the 15th round, gets $2.5 million for the fight. So he continues on and he fights and he, he keeps fighting and and uh, he comes up in 73 in San Diego. He takes on a guy named Kenny Norton that no one in the country had heard. Norton was a California fighter. who would had, I think, 16 fights under his belt. He'd lost one and he um, wasn't given much of a chance. And Ali didn't really train for it. Because Adley looked at him on tape and looked at his record and thought, this guy can't be me. He's relatively a novice. And Angela Dundee didn't want the fight because Norton had sparred with Ali several years earlier. And Ali had trouble with him because of Norton's odd boxing stance and his crab-like defense. Norton had a herky-jerky motion, and Ali had, a very, as all fighters against Norton, except George Foreman, had a very tough time timing Norton. And Dundee, Angelo thought, you know, it's just better to avoid him at all. But they fought. 
Norton broke his jaw in the second round. Ali, you know, at that point had to change the way he was fighting the fight. But the real, even, almost as much, if not more, than the broken jaw in the first fight, because we're going to speak about the third fight today, it's the fact that the main reason Norton won, he had the great Eddie Futch, you know, one of the greatest trainers in the history of the sport. So, you know, Eddie Futch just started out carrying Joe Lewis's bag to the Brewster gym in Detroit in the early 30s. And Futch said to Norton, he said, listen, you have a two-inch reach advantage. You have to use it. You have to get off first, meaning you have to out-jab Ali. Everything from Ali came off his jab. That's that's what set the pace for Ali. His, his right hand came off his jab. Also, Ali threw a tremendously quick counter right hand, which is how he dropped Liston and so many other fighters. So he said, if you can disrupt Ali's rhythm by taking away his jab, you can beat him. And that's what Norton did. And so Ali's fighting the fight, and Ali admits he didn't train well for the fight, if at all. And he gets his job busted in the second round. And I remember asking him years later, did you know your job was broken? And and I and he he said, what do you think? And I said, well, you had to have known your jaw was broken. I mean, the pain, the fact that you couldn't use it, you know, you couldn't open or close your mouth, you're in serious pain. And he said, you're not as dumb as you look. And I said, actually, Muhammad, I'm way dumber than I look. As dumb as you think I am by looking at me, I'm that many levels dumber, which he laughed at. And so his jaw heals. He fights Norton in a rematch, and he beats him. So a lot of people, like George Foreman, uh, think that Norton won all three fights. A lot of people did against Ali. And Ali won the second fight by split decision. He lost the first one by split decision. But Norton didn't complain after the second fight. He said, no, I think it was an honest decision. I give Ali credit for coming back. And, and his corner and his management and along with Norton, didn't complain about the decision. They they enjoyed, not enjoyed it, but, you know, fighting Ali meant your life was changed now. you can, Norton began appearing in movies. He began modeling, all that more, much more money. Ali gave him a career. He was making three, four, five grand a fight. And after Ali, he was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a fight. And so him and Ali were always friends. And... Their careers go on. You know, Foreman beats Frazier. Then Foreman destroys Norton in two rounds. Ali beats Foreman in a huge upset. And then he has the Thrilla in Manila in 1975 against Joe Frazier, which I always thought, though I would never say to Muhammad, was the perfect time for him to quit. The problem was, for Ali, is they stole four years. The government stole four years of his prime years from him. So because of that, how do you tell him you should quit now? He spent the second part of his career trying to get those years back. And the first part of his career, in his first incarnation from, from 61 to 67, his feet, his foot speed, and his, his legs, and his hand speed, and his lateral mobility were incredible. You couldn't catch him. He was so quick. And when he came back, uh, um, Bud Schoberg, the great writer who wrote The Harder They Fall and, and um, um, on the waterfront said that Ali had lost a step. But it was a significant step that he lost because with that extra step, he, he was untouchable. He was on another planet. He was among the gods. But now that he lost a step, he was still a great fighter. He just wasn't way above everyone else. 
And in the second go around, Ali had to show people another trait, which was he was the toughest single heavyweight fighter ever to have lived. And unfortunately, that ended up working against him physically, but he had no other choice. He would show flashes of his former brilliance, but he just couldn't do it anymore with his legs. And so he fights Norton the first time. He fights him the second time and loses. The main thing about when he fought Norton the first time, he had Eddie Futch. And Eddie Futch had the training camps. He had people in to specifically imitate Ali. He would be in the ring with Norton, and he would say to the sparring partner, throw the jab. So he looked at his hands here. This is what you do to avoid it. And then you can bat it away like this and then come over with your right hand, or you could slip under it. Futch was in the ring, the same way Angelo would do with Muhammad, and show him what to do. Except, of course, with Muhammad, you couldn't tell him what to do. You could suggest something, or you'd compliment him on something, and then he would do it after. And so, in the second fight, Futch wasn't there. You know, for whatever reason, Eddie Futch was not in, in Norton's corner. Third fight, September 28, 1976, it was a fight that should not have happened, I believe, because Ali should have retired after the third Frazier fight. That was the single toughest fight I've ever seen in my life. That went 15, it almost went 15 rounds. Frazier quit after the last round, and he fudged through into town because he thought Frazier would have died. When I asked him years later at the Hall of Fame if he thought he made the right decision, he was dead serious. He said, I've seen seven men die in the ring, son, and I wasn't about to see my eighth. And I, he said to Joe, you have too much to live for. You've got children. You'll have grandchildren soon. It's not worth losing your life over a prize fight. And most people don't know, Frazier entered the fight blind in one eye. He fought his career blind in one eye. And he had diabetes and high blood pressure. So he got he put up the most incredible fight I've ever seen. But Ali still prevailed. And Ali, who's always trying to regain his youth, to regain the years that were stolen from him, which is you can't do because there's no such thing as a time machine. You can't go back in time to do it. He kept fighting and thought, why not fight Norton a third time? And Ali, you know, by the time he fights Norton a third time, Ali, born January 17th, 42, he's 34 years old. I'm 62. 34-year-old to me would be a kid. But in boxing terms, and Ali had, you know, 40 or something fights after he came back. That's, you know, he had a lot of wear and tear in his body. Norton started out, in, in, he was born in Illinois, family moved to to California. He joined the Marines, became a Marine champion, an AAU champion, and he turned pro because he was broke when he left the Marines. He was in the Marines for five years. He needed the money. And he wasn't making much money, a couple thousand each fight. And the thing about uh, between one big difference between Norton and Ali, of course, was the fact that Norton didn't have the amateur pedigree that Ali had. Ali had, you know, well over to almost 300 amateur fights. Norton had like 24 amateur fights in total. He was 22 and two, but he was a big man. He was physic. Ali grew from a light heavy into a heavy. Norton was physically a big guy. He was known as the Black Hercules, the Adonis. And he appeared in the Mandingo movies. When you see this new movie Creed coming out in the commercial and they show Michael B. Jordan and the other actor and they're cut, you know, how muscular they look. They look flabby compared to how Ken Norton looked in his life. Norton was unbelievably built. And Angelo called him the bull moose. Now, I want to say when I met Norton, I, I thought, this guy's got to be 6'7". He can't just be 6'3". Nicest, kindest person. He was just such a great person. And and uh, he loved Ali. 
And I said, you weren't angry after the third fight? He said, I was upset, but not at Ali. I was upset with the judges, not at Ali. He said, Ali gave me a life. You know, I would have had to move back in with my son, with my father, until I fought Ali the first time. And after that, my money went up. I was able to support my family. So he said, I've always loved Ali personally. And he knows that. In fact, long after the careers were over, Norton was in a car crash. That's why he talked the way he did in his later years. And he'd gone off the freeway. Ali heard about it in New York, chartered a plane and flew to San Diego. And when Norton woke up from his coma, Ali was holding his hand. So it wasn't personal at all. It was business. Now we come to this third fight in Yankee Stadium. It was an interesting day. It was a September 26th. It, it, it was a cold, windy, blustery day. The police were on strike, so they had to get higher private policemen and security. A lot of people got in free. Everyone got mugged just about or had their pockets picked. And um, uh, one, of the, one of the reporters said, just take to the other reporters, the younger reporters, take what you need because everything else you're going to get pickpocketed. Don't take your wallet. Don't take anything else. Take your press pass. Take a piece of paper and a pen. And that's it because your wallet, your watch, anything else will get stolen. And he was right. So this fight remains extremely controversial to this day. And there are a lot of people like George Foreman, whom I adore, said that, you know, if they fought 100 times, Norton would win 100 times. Everyone thinks that Norton won this fight. And, and most people do. I did when I saw it originally. But I've watched it several thousand times since then. Yes, I'm a boxing junkie. And I'm not, I still think Norton won. But there's some big, very big ifs. Now, in boxing, Angela Dundee always said to me, ifs don't count. You can't say, if this would have happened, then that would have happened. You can only go by what did happen. That's the way history works. You know, it, as he used to say, if the West had gone into Germany in the early 30s and got rid of Hitler, there would be no Second World War. But they didn't do it. So with Norton and Ali, the fight starts off, and Ali wins the first four rounds. He's dancing. He's dancing. He, his speed never left him. He's outlanding Norton. He's not hurting Norton, but he's landing good shots. He's winning the rounds. Wins the first four, four rounds. Fifth round, Norton just storms out and corners Ali on the ropes and gives him a full body beating. Hits him to the to the to the liver, to the kidneys. He's bringing shots up to the head. You know, Ali comes back, has a better round in the sixth. Norton really lays a beating on Ali in the seventh. So if you're looking at this now after seven rounds, right, you could say that it's, it's you could even say it's, it's four rounds to three or five rounds to two for Ali. That means there's eight more rounds to go. So if Ali's won five of the first seven rounds, that means to win the fight, he only needs to win three of the next eight rounds. So it's not, it's no longer, you know, a 15 round fight. And look at it in a different way. After five rounds, it was scored four rounds Ali, one round Norton. That's a 10 round fight. Ali needs to win four of the next 10 rounds and he could still come out ahead. So, the fight on, Ali's dancing, but Ali's 
we don't know how well Ali trained before the fight. Harold Conrad, by the way, the movie, The Harder They Fall, the character Humphrey Bogart played, it was based on Harold Conrad, this boxing uh, publicist, very famous man. He was a publicist for Bugsy Siegel. And he, he, um, he was promoting Ali and he couldn't find Ali uh, the night before the fight because they wanted to do interviews. And he got a key to Ali's bedroom or his, his um, hotel room, went in and there was Ali in bed, he, he said, with several girls. I don't know if that's true or not. But he just said, you know, I, I just can't, I can't believe this. You're fighting Norton, who wants to take your head off, and you're doing this. And apparently Ali said, I'm not worried about him. I'm in shape. So I, I don't know if that happened or not. That's what I read. Um, it may be true. It may not. So Ali, you know, is entering the ring. He's got Angelo Dundee there. But Norton doesn't have any fudge, and that's a big problem. Because he's getting the wrong advice from his corner. His corner is telling him what to do and what not to do. So, you know, being guided by Eddie Futch, who also guided um, Joe Frazier, you know, makes a really big difference. So Norton, you know, is going up and he's beating all these different people. And that style of his, that Archie Moore crab-like defense, and you can never see where Norton's punches were coming from because of its herky-jerky style, it gave Ali fits. It gave Ali problems. Norton could land on Ali, and Ali couldn't time him. In fact, Ali said, and George Chevallo said, that the hardest guy they ever had to time and had the most difficulty with was Frazier. And Ali missed a lot of punches in all three fights of Frazier because Frazier was always bobbing and weaving, but he was usually going from side to side. And that's very hard to time, especially when it's a smaller man. Norton went side to side, but he went up and down. He went on angles. He, he was such a, a, a herky-jerky motion, he was almost impossible to time. Even though he was a big man, he was a big target, Ali just had a lot of problems with him. And so Ali had times where, you know, if he could get his jab going and get shots off, he could land punches and punches, but he couldn't stand there and pot shot him as he would like to do at times. Ali loved doing that. You couldn't do it with Norton. He was just, you know, Norton was just too difficult to figure the hit. Not for Foreman, but against Ali, he rose to the top. And so they're fighting four rounds, five rounds, um, six rounds, seven rounds. And you're watching the fight. Now, Jerry Eisenberg, the Hall of Fame writer, brilliant writer, he was the one who said about the third Ali Frazier fight, they're not fighting for the heavyweight title of the world. They're fighting for the heavyweight title of each other. He's watching the fight and he's thinking, this is a boring fight. And not only that, I, I didn't, I mean, it was at times a boring fight because Ali laid on the ropes. He didn't have the legs. And I think after the third Frazier fight, he was done as a fighter. But who's going to have the right? I certainly didn't. Who did? No one did to have the right to tell the great Muhammad Ali you should call it a day. So they put all this money out in front of him. Plus, all the people in boxing are saying, if you go, the sport dies. You got to stay. So Norton knew coming into the fight that he was fighting more than just an aging Ali. He was fighting the legend of Ali. He was fighting Ali's accomplishments and Ali's place, not only in fistic history, but in world history. And Norton thought he was well ahead. So he had parts and rounds where he would really go after Ali, but he also had other parts where he took it easy. 
you know, and let Ali expend his energy. The rule of thumb back in 1976 was, and for the hundred years previously, and a little time after 76, was if you're going to beat a world champion by a decision, you have to dominate him every round and put him down a couple times. But you have to beat the hell out of him all, every, all three minutes of every round and lump his face up, close his eyes. You have to make it such a one-sided beating that the judges cannot take it away from you. And that didn't happen. Norton dominated parts of the fight. Did he dominate every minute of every round? No. Did he lump up Ali's face? No. Did he give him the worst beating of his life? No. He, he dominated parts of the fight, but he certainly didn't dominate the entire fight. Did he dominate enough of the fight to win the title? I thought he did. But that wasn't the way it was ruled at the time. So Norton's doing his best. He's hitting Ali to the body. He's hitting him these overhand rights that Ali's having trouble blocking. You know, Norton had a longer reach, so Norton would throw these arcing right hands, and Ali would have his hand up, but the punch would come behind the glove, hit him in, on the side of the head here, which is very discombobulating. Norton landed a lot of shots. Ali proved that he had the best jaw in all of boxing history because no one hit him like that. Foreman hit him some phenomenal shots in the flanks and in the chin, and Ali took him and said, is that all you got? So he's talking to Norton the whole time. He's flurrying in different parts of different rounds. So, you know, it looked like after the eighth round, you know, Norton's winning. It looked like Ali had the first four, and then you could say Norton won the next three to four rounds. So it, it, it's pretty even. Ali's winning around here or there. Norton seems to be winning more rounds during the whole fight. And, um, you know, Ali always got up to face certain opponents, but the opponents definitely got up to face him. And Norton was one of those guys. This meant everything to him. You know, this was this was a personal competition, competition, excuse me, between him and Ali. He wanted to prove that there was no way, you know, this old guy can beat me. It's my turn. It's my chance. I'm going to reign as the heavyweight king, and I'm going to take it from Ali. And Ali had done all this talking, pointing out Norton's flaws and Norton's mistakes, all this psychological warfare. Norton just said, you know, they asked him at the press conference, uh, do you have any, um, would you like to come up to the dais here? And, you know, he's sitting down at the dais, come up to the mic. And they said, um, what's going to be your main target? in this fight, what's your strategy, your goal? And he walked over to Ali and he puts a, a burlap bag on his head, which, which Ali let stay on for comic effect and then took off. And Norton just said, well, he talks a lot. So my, uh, my goal for this fight is gonna be his head. That's my strategy. And he was right. You know, that's what he was trying to do. And he whacked Ali in the head many times. Norton was supremely confident. He said his legs are gone. Frazier took anything left. Uh, all he can do now is just stand there and take a whoop. So, and I intend to give it to him. This is my time to shine. I'm the younger man. I'm the better fighter. He's done. And uh, I'm going to show the world. And throughout the fight, I'm watching the fight 
at Maple Leaf Gardens in closed circuit. And I'm going like this. I'm going, come on, Mahabir, get going. Get going. Get going. And I would say to my father, he lost that round. He lost that round. My father would say, he can't keep giving rounds away like this. And I, and I said, I know. He's got to start putting rounds in the bank. But my father said, you have to also understand that the audience was entirely pro-Ali. And he said, that has to affect the judges. The judges, of course, are supposed to be objective, right? Boxing judging is supposed to be objective. But all judges are human, they're subjective, and they bring their personal biases into each fight. And they knew where their, where their bread was buttered. But still, I think, you know, Arthur Mercani, uh, Harold Letterman is magnificent judge and i believe barney smith was the other one he you know they all it was a close fight i mean it was a very close fight and they had a close fight so rounds where you think well maybe ali did enough to pull it out you find out later ali did win that and then you had norton i think norton took that round and you look at their scorecards and norton did take the round the, the mistake the fatal mistake that Norton made to the judges, but not in the eyes of the people watching, other than the judges, is he didn't have that good a corner without any flexion. So after the 13th round or 14th round, his corner said, you're winning the fight. Don't take a chance. Don't get caught. Ali could still punch. You can't say a guy who's six foot three, two quarters, 225 pounds, and well-coordinated, can't punch. Ali, you know, hurt Norton several times in all their fights. However, Norton gave away the 15th round. He wouldn't engage. So all Ali had to do was show a minimal amount of offense. And so going in, after 14 rounds, the fight on two cards, Arthur McCanny's card and Harold Ludman, was dead even, seven rounds apiece. And on the other card, uh, Barney Smith had a 7-6 alley with one even. So that card could have gone either way. So 15th round decides to fight. Now, when Ali gets up, Angelo Dundee said, you need this round. This round ties the fight. You know, you, you could tie it or win it with this round. You cannot lose this round and keep your title. And Ali knew that. That's all he wanted to hear. Didn't need to be told anything else. And he dominates the round. Norton's running. Ali's the aggressor. And, of course... After the fight, Norton's smiling. And everyone sitting there, myself, so many people thought, well, Norton won. He beat, he beat the great Ali. And the scores come back, and Letterman, all the, pre the previous two fights have been split decision. First one for Norton, second one for Ali. And this fight was the unanimous decision. So when you hear that, I went, uh-oh. You know, I got a chill going down my spine. My stomach started going, oh, no. Not a unanimous decision. They're not going to do this to Muhammad. Please don't. And it was it was uh, Judge Harold Letterman scores to fight eight seven for Muhammad Ali. Referee Arthur Mercani scores to fight eight seven. And there's that long pause. Muhammad Ali. So it's over. And then Judge Barney Smith scores it uh, eight rounds. Ali one even six Norton. The winner by unanimous decision, Muhammad Ali. And Norton is crying. 
he just turns his head, puts his head in his hand, crying. And when the fight ended, because I was speaking to him and Angelo about this, you know, Norton turns to Ali and he's, you know, you effing this and you effing that. It's just the adrenaline of the moment. I kicked your ass from, and, and they can't take it away from me. I beat the hell out of you. I'm the champion. You're nothing now. And Angelo, you could clearly hear on the tape, turns to him and says, F, F you, <laughs> you know. And when they announce it, Norton's stunned. He's crying. He's just crying. And Ali's seen leaving the ring. And this is why you have to love Ali, because he was, Ali was extremely magnanimous. What happened is at the press conference, he said, I, I want to thank the judges. Uh, they were very kind to me. I thought Kenny fought the better fight. I, I clearly thought after the fight that Kenny won. And years later, when he was asked about it, 15, 20 years he said, no, Kenny won that fight without a doubt. He won that third fight between us. And, and so it can't give Norton the title, but at least you can respect someone like Ali, you know, Norton, who loved him, just said, well, you know, that's one of the reasons why I love him. He was honest. He admitted he lost the fight. In Ali's own eyes, he lost the fight. He was grateful for the decision. But as Norton said to me, he said, it's not just the fighter, the man I'm fighting. I mean, if he goes out of boxing, all the big money goes, you know, the five million, eight million, ten million dollar fights that we see today. This all started with Ali, all the big money in basketball, baseball, football. It all started with Ali. So without Ali, Norton and every heavyweight's fee, all boxers' fees, they go back down again. And so Ali was the reason for the big money. He put asses in the seats. And money is the name of the game in boxing. You have to put asses in the seats, and Ali did that. So Norton still had his career after that. But Ali basically didn't have anything left. He had the fights with Spinks, lose the first one, win the second one. Then he loses to Holmes, a fight that never should have happened. And then to Burger King finally retires. Norton goes on to keep fighting. And then he, you know, he's awarded the title when Spinks wouldn't defend against him. And, and then he loses it in his first defense to the great Larry Holmes. And then Norton goes on to fight beyond you know, way past his prime and a very, very old Norton loses to, to um, uh, Jerry Cooney and, you know, to other fighters because he just didn't have anything left. But when I would speak to Norton, people, when they would speak to Norton later in his life, before he passed away, they would look at him and Norton had a halting speech. You know, his voice was kind of hoarse. And he would ask him a question. Um, did you ever think of moving to Los Angeles from San Diego because you were getting movie parts? And he'd say, well, I thought about it, but not nothing to do with punches. Norton was driving on the freeway, as I said earlier, in San Diego after his career, and he fell off. The car went off, and he was in a coma and suffered brain damage. He recovered quite a bit, put a lot of energy into that, and I used to hug him. I used to love to see him when I would see him at the Hall of Fame. But I just never got over how physically imposing. Muhammad Ali was gigantic. But him and Norton were the same size. But Ali was always smiling and friendly and joking. And Norton always had a smile on his face. 
But Norton, he just, not just filled the doorway, he blocked it. And one time at the Hall of Fame, we're at a dinner one night and I was talking to him and I, spoiled, I spilled some wine on his shoes and it's just drained emotion from his face. And he looked at me with the shoes and he said, Lou, I certainly hope you have $1,500 on you. Otherwise, you're in a lot of trouble and a world of pain is soon to descend upon you. And I, I turned into Jackie Gleason. I'm an, I'm, 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 an, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And he laughed and he put his hand on my shoulder. He said, I'm just kidding. I got him from pay last day, like 30 bucks. And I really goes, yeah, it's not real leather. Okay. <laughs> but he said, I, he said, I had you. And I said, I had four strokes while you were talking to me. But uh, a, a great person. Uh, it was interesting to see him and Ali together because I, I saw Foreman and Frazier and Ali together and they, they liked each other. Frazier didn't like Ali. Even though they made peace near the end of their lives, Frazier still had a spot in his heart for the way Ali had treated him. Uh, Norton, as I said, always looked up to Ali. The, the third fight, I think, the first fight between them uh, was nerve-wracking because he could tell Ali didn't know what to do after his job was broken. All he could do was had to protect himself but still try to win. Second fight, Ali got the shape, really worked out, really ran a lot of miles, sparred a lot, and won. Third fight, everyone sitting there in Maple Leaf Gardens and I think around the world and at Yankee Stadium thought, how does Ali have anything left after that fight, fight with Frazier? He said it was the closest thing to death you know, 120 degrees, he was completely dehydrated. And why would you come back and fight after that? You've got nothing to prove. But he wanted to fight Norton to get a second win to win the series. And and that's what happened. Um, the fight didn't do that well financially because of the police strike. And because of the police strike, a lot of people got in for free. And so uh, Bob Aaron took a bath on the fight uh, made some money back on the closed circuit. And as I said, everywhere, not just the fans at Yankee Stadium, but the fans everywhere were pro-Ali. We all loved Ali. We all wanted Ali to win this fight. So because of that, you know, that that had to have affected the judges. Although even in spite of that, the judges' scorecards still, you know, were extremely close. On, on two of the judges' scorecards, Ali won the fight in the 15th round. Meaning, if Norton had won the 15th round, he won, He would have won a split decision two to one. You know, and that's how close he was. But he gave the round away. He willingly gave the round up because that's what he was told to do by his corner. Whereas the smarter man, Angel Dundee, said, we're behind, you got to win this round just to stay even. And that was the difference in the fight. Ali knew it, fought his heart out. Uh, knew how to rally at the end of a round, but he did pull other rounds out too during the fight. And because of that, winning the 15th round and then bad advice Norton got, and Ali did win the 15th round, Ali ends up retaining the world heavyweight title and and still, you know, went on. It may have been better for him maybe in terms of physicality if he had lost, but that would have just spurred him to keep fighting and ask for a rematch of the fight had been that close. So Ali wins the fight, still the world heavyweight champion, should have retired, but didn't. That was a great night and great fight. You can get it on 
on uh, YouTube. Jerry Eisenberg thought it was a boring fight. But uh, to me, it was always exciting when Ali fought because anytime he got hurt or hit or you look like you thought he may be losing, it was a very scary thing for me and all of his fans. All of his fans would sit there like this and we start chanting, Ali, Ali. Like, come on, pull it out. You can do it. And uh, Ali proved to be, you know, incredible that night. He, he knew when to turn it on, knew when to turn it off. And according to the judges, he won the fight. And you got to give him, give him credit. I, uh, you have to rate him as one of the greatest heavyweight champions of all time. I still think the greatest heavyweight champion of all time is Joe Lewis. But uh, Ali's right up there with him. My name's Lou Eisen. This has been another episode of Ring Talk. We hope you enjoyed it. Join us next Sunday. And go to my Substack page, Lou Eisen, uh, uh, dot, dot substack dot com, where you'll find, it's called um, Once Upon a Time in the Prize Ring, and you'll find wonderful pieces and articles and great fighters and fights from Boxing's Glorious Past. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. See you next week.